its primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. News, your holiday news service providing in-depth coverage for the latest stories from every sector of the galaxy. This week, our hosts share their reactions to the new Indiana Jones feature and and the end of an era before discussing new beginnings and two new Star Wars films on the horizon. Now, we your hosts, Ben Grant Adam, to journey into a time fissure, travel back to 1969, and review Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Uh, welcome back, everyone, for another edition of Core World News. There's a little blip in the transmission there. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Just a little something that happens around Life Day 2. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, it's good to be back here. Um, a lot of fun things to talk about this week. We're actually going to cover the news the whole episode, essentially. Um, just got some really exciting, um, interviews going on. Um, and you know, we wanted to put a button on that indie conversation from last week, just cause, cause now I think we've all seen it, correct? Yeah. 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 So, um, that's pretty exciting. Well, when do you guys want to, um, take it away on some of that? What do you, what do you, uh, what were your takeaways from Indy, y'all? Initial reactions. I mean, going around the circle here. Uh, Adam, do you want to you want to speak first? I do. To this film? You so, have the deepest connection. I, I do. So like. this is. I just it's wanted real. for listeners. This is like real fresh. <laughs> like we have not chatted too much. I mean, I did see it with Ben, and yeah. and our our partners. That we did have some discussion afterwards, but it was also weird because we were at a bar, and I wanted to like not ruin everything because we saw it Saturday, like one of the first showings. So it's still fairly recently out, and I didn't want to. Like, like spoil anything um which i guess is a question we'll have about spoilers we can talk about later because i don't need a spoiler for my review but um i i personally i actually really 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 liked it um i i i the more of it the more i've been thinking about it you know i mean the first three are always gonna have a special place in my heart like this doesn't come anywhere near touching the the original three but like for the swan song and for kind of ending it i just i don't know took me for a ride it was real slow in places, and boy, mm. did I really enjoy how slow it was in places. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just the old man, but you know, hey, Raiders is also a very slow movie if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, so, no, I really liked it. I'll say my big takeaway, I've been percolating on this for like three days, and, I, and then I'll toss it to, to you guys, is that Mangold was able to achieve um, Lucas's and Spielberg's vision in a way that neither of them were able to achieve in any of their Indiana Jones movies. That's, that's, that's a loaded state. That's a little charge. I will explain. That is also not to say that that is a good thing. Right. But here's the thing. Spielberg, Spielberg made Indiana Jones movies because he always wanted to make a bond film and couldn't make a bond film. That's why Indiana Jones happened. He kept, he kept trying to get a bond film and they said, the broccoli said, no, you cannot because we don't, hire american directors we only dry, uh, hire english directors the dial of destiny to me felt like the most indie uh, the most james bond version of an indiana jones movie it was super james bondy and then you have on the other side lucas when lucas was really involved with this his big inspiration were the saturday matinees where there were 10 to 15 minutes ideas all capping in a in a uh in a cliffhanger and this movie hit that like every 10 minutes, it's a cliffhanger every 15 minutes. And so I really do think Mangold like understood the assignment and almost did it too well. Like he made a really great James Bond film in a serial manner. 
So that's my thought. It's like it's weird that I feel like he totally understood what they wanted to do, did it, and almost did it too well. That made it not feel like an Indiana Jones film at times. Anyway, that's my hmm. 17 seconds. interesting you say James Bond because and, – and just quickly, um, I, I did enjoy the film quite a bit. I, 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 I liked it. Um, it's not you know, my, not my favorite Indiana nope. Jones film, but I thought it was quite good. It's interesting you're talking about the pacing. So I think it does – nail the sort of like uh the the, the action set piece skinnier teeth action the the, the yeah. basically bombastic sort of the qualities of indiana jones but at the same time there it, it does it does slow down quite a bit and, and indiana jones doesn't feel active in the story as i feel like he does in prior films um which is good but it almost it's almost a hindrance because you almost want helena shaw to jump in and be i guess the indiana jones from the classic films but she can't, given that this is still an Indiana Jones film, yeah, you know, with his name in the title. And she was too busy being Marion. Like, she's the fusion of Marion and Indy. Essentially, but I, I think I think what we're all looking for is that same quality of, yeah. of that same energy I think we yeah. got in those original films. Um, I, I, I thought it was great. Um, I don't know if it's, it didn't feel like an Indiana Jones film as much as it felt about a film about getting older and yeah. during a time of change and advancement and sort of how indiana jones and the nazis belong to an old world yep. that that aren't meant for modernity that's kind of what the film felt like it felt very deep and i was like okay this is deep it, it doesn't feel like that uh that sort of like serial camp you know funny action slapstick it didn't it didn't have a lot of the qualities that i i, I remember indiana jones having at the start and i'm just wondering if I'm wondering if this is a Disney problem altogether in that when they make these properties, they treat them as such hallowed pieces of art that that almost gets in the way of the storytelling, wherein the legacy characters are shunted into the front of the frame. They're like they're always have to go through some sort of emotional arc because they have to be squeezed of all the juice they have left. And I just don't know if that's the right approach for these properties. I think Lucasfilm properties, Amblin properties require that sort of like energized excitement to explode onto the scene with something new and fresh instead of, oh, we got to make sure we handle this vintage carefully so it doesn't spill over the table. And, you know, it just it just feels like th th that a little bit to me. So, Some, sometimes uh, playing a little too safe, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally too safe feel and almost that. like that's, yeah. That's the methodology everywhere, and it's, it almost seems like that's the that's the proper methodology, just given that these are important works, and we do want to honor the creators and honor the people that were in them and a part of them. Um, but I wonder if that's not the right approach uh, in the end. That's kind of classic, yeah. classic Grant. A fair that's question. Right yeah. to the cut of it, um, and it's it's cool hearing you say this, Grant, because Grant gave us homework, and we're going to talk about it in a minute and it's that that homework was in a long interview with james mangold and he talked about this movie but it was you know that's what he you know that was the problem he was like this movie's got to be about getting older and um i think you just cut to the quick of of that whole movie um both of you but um yeah i i, I just thought it was fun <laughs> it, was like, time. Yeah. it was a great time I, but i you know and again i think the 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 third act of these these indie films that are addressing sort of modern yeah. times they sag like they don't work it almost like it almost needs to stay in the, the 30s and 40s like it almost can't really move ahead right. and I, I don't see the point of moving ahead in time given that there's still a lot of commentary to extract from oh, the 60s the last yeah. great war yeah. on earth you know what i mean like there's so much commentary you can extrapolate yeah. from that situation that i think um 
I think it's like I, I think it's end, there's an endless mine right, there, but, you know. And um, and the artifact itself wasn't didn't really wow me. Like I was never really oh, yeah. blown away by the time fishers and then the, the, in the center of a storm yeah. and then the and it almost felt like Indy was just telling some Nazis that they miscalculated continental drift instead of being like an active part of that scene. It, it didn't. It, that was another part that was like okay, okay, right. I got time. Yeah, yeah, go for it. This is what I loved about that scene so much. They just redid Raiders. He does nothing at the end of Raiders other than to say, yeah. close your eyes, right? Like he, that's what my favorite thing is that this film did the exact same thing the first one did, which is basically, by the way, India Jones is inconsequential. If he was not present in the first film, right. the Nazis all would have died. Yeah. If he wasn't present in this film, say everything else would have happened exactly the same, except less of his friends would be dead. That's the only thing that India Jones but, did was get his friends killed. For me, what was dissatisfying about that third act was the I don't like the third the act villains. Yeah, villains, I 100%. Yeah, it wasn't pronounced really. These were incredibly bad people like Boyd Holbrook plays essentially an American homegrown neo-Nazi. And yep. Uh, and where's, uh, it, where's our where's our face melting? Yeah. Where's our yeah, yeah, by exactly, crocodiles? Exactly. Where's exactly. our aging rapidly? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was and I think Indy needed to throw one last like, quip at Voler, basically. Like, yeah, I almost felt like there was a they didn't really like uh, there wasn't really a denouement for that. That no. sent for those villains, they just are like, yeah, it, there's no like I, I'm not looking for. Inglorious bastards. I'm just looking for something so, that gets me, a little bit to the to, to the idea that these are bad guys and they should go horrifically, or or Indy should say something that makes yeah. their entire endeavor a joke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So, That's kind of what I wanted out of that that scene. But there's a history of Indy fighting giant hulking men, yeah. right? It's literally in every movie. The first one gets chopped to bits by a by a uh plane the second one gets crushed by a stone crusher oh yeah yeah can't remember what happens in the third one sure. can't remember what happens in the fourth one but who remembers what happens in the fourth a one tank anyway. tread one guy i think goes up a tank tank yeah. tread right eaten by ants i think <laughs> this one they did a little like they did a nice little change where it's just not it's indy doesn't get the fight the final fight with the big dude which i thought was kind of a fun little like twist but boy was that ending unfulfilling his ending mm -hmm. to the point where I kept going, well, he's going to pop up again, uh, right? Like, like that's not the end of this giant dude. And then you just never see him again. I'm like, I guess that was the end of him. I won't like say specifically, but it's just yeah, like, you I know, loved so, so I thought it yeah. was ghastly. Um, I, it was, they didn't stick oh, with yeah, it, it was though, yeah, but they didn't space. stick with it. Like they did in the old films, which right. I'm like, I don't know if that's the bad thing. The other thing I'll say positive is that I was laughing because they, on some Instagram post Lucasfilm had they said I think Mashable said fun for the whole family and I'm like was it <laughs> was it fun for the whole family because this film earned its PG-13 rating there was a lot of gunplay a lot of blood a lot of violence which I, I'm not is not a negative to me like I'm glad they didn't like disney that India Jones films are tend to be violent films right with people getting violently killed and they they did the same here but Great, I agree. I was I was a little like every time a, a one of the main baddies would die, I'd kind of be like, "That's that's it." <laughs> yeah, and they they do one of the, they do. Or there's a pretty great death when one of them getting, I guess, handcuffed underwater. That's like a that was a good one. I was like, okay, this that makes that's, sense. I almost, yeah. almost wanted that for each of them, basically, as a, as a send as a these guys got to go. Yeah. Um, another positive thing, I honestly think this is the only movie you could make with Harrison being the age he is. Yeah, I mean that was the whole 1969, point. the moon landing, 
you know, like this time in history just made perfect sense to me. So I think Mangle just crushed it in terms of making indie, you know, uh, an 80 year old guy like that just it works like it, it's just like that was a perfect place to set the movie. So I think that I think that was incredibly yeah, smart. Think, and I think that was a really cool. He, he was penned that. in. I mean, it, they decided it was going to be about Harrison Ford rather than Indiana Jones. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, there's only, it, you know, Mangold was really like hemmed in with some rails there. And I thought and he knew it. And, you know, as we move on to this, um, this interview that we're going to talk about, he. Um, he said just that, and I think he kind of told the only story he could do and that, you know, and I mean, it was really, you know, the artifact is about time and it just, the whole movie is about time and the, you know, like he created this yeah. theme and he, it just, I thought he very deftly wove the theme into this made like this romp. I mean, you guys said it was slow in parts, I guess at the beginning, but to me it was just sort of like bang, bang, bang. And I mean, there were some like, I feel like there were like 12 minute action scenes in this movie. It was a long movie and there was very there were some, long action scenes in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were some, to my opinion, slow action scenes. Slow action, okay. You guys have must, much uh, defter uh, analysis of films than I do. I'm like, sweet, look at cars go fast. Um, I don't know. That that tuck-tuck race could have been, it could yeah, have been halved. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. But okay. You know, Hey, it's, um, it's uh, Lucas. I'm sure was on the edge of his seat the whole time. He's like, yes, speed. Um, yeah. Well, can yeah. I, can I just say that when I say something is slow, that's not necessarily a negative in my book. Like I think there's like, just a feeling I, of, of righteousness it. and a tenderness at the center of this movie that is kind of not in the other films. I mean, Gold's kind of hitting at a, a certain heart of the yeah. indie character that we don't normally see. And, it's fun to finally dive into that. But again, I don't want to jump back to the third act. I think the third act could have done a little more or to support those ideas as well in that, like meeting Archimedes, he's they're just, they're talking about a war throughout the film. Like Archimedes could have talked about, you know, are, are we always going to be at war? Is there ever going to be a time of peace? Like there could have been an exchange about the human condition and, or, and, and, yeah. and fascism and sort of talking about that sort of stuff with someone from the past. And that, you know, something that plays too, I think what the film starts with is this sort of this uh, indie just taking down these Nazis who are, are just trying to take all their gold and riches from the war and somehow make it out and keep scheming and plotting. And it's like, it's, and then you have Voller and his whole narrowly dark, which I was like, this is, this is probably the <laughs> darkest, character motivation i've ever witnessed another genius yep. thing i think mangle did was this was the most the yeah. darkest i think character motivation we've had in a villain in an indie movie yes mm-hmm. and, and strangely contemporary at the same time a lot of the nazis want to control a device to win the war this character wants to go refight back the war. and basically restart the war yeah. and like win it yeah it's incredibly yeah Incredibly evil man. I will say I felt like this. I I could say that the last scene cheated because it made me cry. But I'll be honest. Oh my god! I was actually crying. I was weeping. This is is why the movie works. I was like sobbing walking out of the theater. I know. But I'll say I was actually crying in the scene before that. And I and and the time travel part, like we're just. I just were just spoiling everything, uh, which is fine. The time travel part. Yeah, I was just like. I knew I kind of had a feeling going to this seeing nothing other than calling a dial of destiny and a couple of the scenes. I'm like time travel because that's where you have to go with indie. Right. And, and like, I was a little worried that they were going to like, he was going to go back in time and save mutt and that he was going to like save all these people that died. So when I knew it was a time travel movie, I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the theater. I told Ben this too, going that person died. Doesn't matter. Not going to happen. 
because they're going to do the time travel yeah, yeah. cheat. And at the end, they're like, no, they, they all really died. They're all real dead. Um, but the scene where he wanted to stay mirrored. I thought this movie mirrored the other three films. I guess it talked about the fourth one for a second by killing one of its main characters off screen. Um, <laughs> but like it honored the first three films yeah. in a way that didn't feel super nod and wink to the camera, which I really appreciated. Like it felt very organic. Um, yeah. The scene between Marion and Indy doing the same scene that they did in Raiders felt real to me. Like those two people would use that. That was their connection. That would be a cute little thing. Like to tell me where it doesn't hurt. It hurts everywhere. Like that line mm -hmm. was amazing because yeah. they're old and it really does hurt everywhere. Now <laughs> it was kind of beautiful. But the scene, <laughs> the scene with Shaw and him and him wanting to stay echoed the the this the final scene in in the last crusade in a beautiful way right of the let it go yeah like let it go yeah. dad let it go in a way that i thought was really well done it didn't feel like they didn't quote it they didn't use the same lines the dynamics were certainly changed i started crying in that scene it really got me and i don't know why and it was just something about his just like there's no use for me in this world anymore like let me stay here let me do this and like the other person begging and pleading and i love the solution because it's such yeah. an indian Jones solution which is just knock yep. him out like it just it was such a great moment i'm just like i'm like that's brilliant because like, that's what indy would have yeah, done in that exactly. situation eventually if his dad didn't let go of the of that he would have he would have knocked him out Dragged and pulled him, him out yeah. like that's yeah so anyway i i really like that but i agree like every every single and this is funny this is what grant and i always do every single critique you have grant i 100 agree with and i really enjoyed the film it is well below the original three in a lot of ways but 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 like the original three are kind of perfect films, and this is a film I will happily watch. Like, and this to be the end cap of that series seemed like perfectly done. It's great. When I do a rewatch, I'll be happy to have this be the end point of the series and not Crystal Skull. No offense to Crystal Skull. Yeah. I think um yeah, I think I don't know if they have to be this sullen though. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars, this, another like deflated franchise, you know. I guess it did. in the third act and has a legacy character to sort of defeatist legacy well, character at the center. And I'm just like, I don't know if we have to do this. I think there's another way to do this. There's another, you could have had like, I don't know, like a belt of power or something that gives you super strength. And have I mean, he had, he had it. Back. He was jumping between, you know what I mean? Know, he like, was jumping between things and still not to knock Nazis out. That's my biggest complaint. You have this 80 year old doing acts that I, as a 43 year old, would die uh, if I tried one of yeah. them. But um, but here's the thing I'll say I I didn't find it sullen I weirdly like I found it more uplifting and I don't know why and I think part of it might have been that like there's a scene where she does a quip yeah. and he goes my friend just died yeah and I'm like this is amazing yeah. because that's what an 80 year old is right yeah. like his friends are dying around him like I thought it really yeah. honored age in a way that felt good right and honest and believable for this character because. I always think back, like, to me, Indiana Jones is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark is sure. a vastly different film than any other Indiana Jones film. It's dark, and it's slow, and yeah. it is not that quippy. Like, people think it's funny. It is not. It, it is a serious fest with a couple of quips in it. Then you get to Temple of Doom, and it's a dark fest with a lot of quips in it. And then you get to, like, and then you get to Raiders, or then you get to Last Crusade, and that's just, like family fun time still love that movie but it it is that to me feels like the most disney well no i think crystal skull feels like the most disney anyway but like you know so this felt kind of weirdly like it almost feels like an arc 
that happened in tone in these five films, and it kind of ended closer to where it started tonally. Gotcha. That's anyway. fascinating. You say that because I was I walked to that 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 theater just sobbing and just a absolute wreck. <laughs> and just thinking to Marion and Indy just walking around, just talking about mutt on just like a spring walk. Like it just it, there's a part of that. It's uplifting, but there's a part of that's just, just like, oh, this is just so so sad. Like it there's just such a sadness at Life the core. Life is sad, man. Life is sad. Well, on that but note, they found each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah but these properties are escapist fun, but I don't know. I guess I still had escapist yeah, fun. Yeah, I, w- I would put this I'm one just, right up with the other. I did too. I'm not saying yeah. the movie's a total bummer. I'm saying the movie's great. I'm just saying it is, but it is dour. I there's a lot of dour I think, moments in that I, film. I, I don't think that like there's only one way to do it, which is to show the passage of time, honor age, do this uplifting, you know, uh, reconnection with Marion and Wombat. Like, I think there's there's another way to do it, which is like yeah. Do something subversive, you know, give Indy super strength when he's an old man. Like even comic book movies don't do that. Even comic book things don't do that. Like whatever. Like there's there's certain things you can do that I think are just funny and subversive and throw well, you can, him into the mix and then in, you in, can in the same way. Taste. I, I guess what's interesting, you bring a point, Grant, is like you give him a taste of immortality or give him a taste of this super strength. And then he chooses to be an old man is, is a very powerful message, right? He chooses sure. yeah. his, his life, right? Which sure. in this case, and very similar to a lot of the last films, he has very little mm-hmm. choice, right? Like, which is interesting. It's interesting that he's always just thrown into this. And I'm just, some... I'm just throwing that idea out there. That's not even my, yeah. my favorite idea. No, but I, I agree. Idea. Like, I want to say, like, I don't think this landed it perfectly. I think this achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve, which was to be better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and to feel like connected to the universe in a way that Crystal Skull did not to me. Um, it felt like part of the, the franchise. I did love how much it did live in the 60s, where I feel like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls was like kind of 50s for like the first 15 minutes. And then it was just like, ah, whatever <laughs> for the rest of the film and felt very I, I whatever. I watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull recently and the first 35 minutes of the film, pretty good. Like, very honestly, good. Very good. Very good. Like, I was probably I was like, happy like in the theater when that Indiana started. Indiana Jones happened yep. in the beginning of it that film. It tricks me every time I watch it. Because every time I watch it, I'm like, is it a good movie? Oh, wow. And then at about 45 minutes, I'm like, Ooh. so fast. <laughs> yeah. After they get into the jungles, it's uh, it just kind of. It's a wreck. Yeah. But hey, I got what I wanted. It was. They they traveled the globe yeah. in this film. Remember we were talking about that with uh, Crystal Skull. Like this was this was hopping yeah. throughout this one locations, moved. which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, unless we want Grex to actually fire us, we should probably start dovetailing back into Star Wars. Fine, you want to talk about Star oh, yeah, Wars? But fine. I mean, you, we, you know, there I felt like I was watching um, Force Awakens at the end of this movie. You know, pretty much it, yeah, it's, there's yeah. a lot. And you're talking right. about like the dour old man. It's like, well, it's literally the same character as in Star Wars. So um, you're going to get that yeah. tenor, that tenor from um, uh, Han Solo, a.k.a. Yes. Uh, Indiana Jones. The difference but, is Harrison Ford was happy to be there for uh, for Indiana Well, yeah, Jones. but I thought he did. I thought he did a great <laughs> job in both, you know. Um, in I agree. But it I was, agree. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of the similar vibes going on there. And yes, there was that. It traveled a lot, which was pretty fantastic. Um, Did you hear what James Mangold said about him coming to set? What Indy, what Harrison would say? <laughs> I'll tell you guys. Tell me, yeah. It's not fit for our yeah. audience. Well, yeah, we might have a different audience soon. So, well, uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, that may change. But, yeah, we. I have a segue. We got for a segue. Us. Let's oh. segue. Segue away. away. You looking for that? You looking for that? Well, oh, with the premiere of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. 
Uh, we got lots of new information about upcoming Star Wars films. Kathleen Kennedy has addressed that both the Dawn of the Jedi and the New Jedi Order films are linked in terms of theme and overlapping missions to begin a Jedi Order. That was announced. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also know Mangold is embarking on this Dawn of the Jedi film, one of the two films mentioned. And what's interesting about that is that he talked about not wanting any connection, wanting just to have his own yeah, not, not be in place the universe. to play. No tie-ins, no curtain calls for characters we've seen before. He wants his own place yeah. to play. And uh, <laughs> fascinating that Kathleen Kennedy yeah, comes out and says, nope. oh, actually, these films are linked. <laughs> these yeah. films are actually linked. And and we, I think a week week ago, had spoken about how, how could they not be linked? Yeah, they, they're basically setting out on yeah. the same mission. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. I'm, yeah. But I, I really think that's going to be the only way they are linked. And this is me being hopeful. But it's just sort of like, you know, you have one... In, on one side, Mangold's going to be creating the first Jedi Order. And it's, but I mean, very, very, at the very, very, very beginning. So uh, I think he said in that interview, you probably won't even hear the word Jedi, right? He's like, people don't generally brand first thing, you know? Um, right. But then, the right. And then, and then you have Ray looking back at this entire wealth of history of, you know, 25,000 years history of the Jedi and, um, and getting to start anew. So it's like, I think the only overlap maybe like they run, you know, run how they deal with the same problems in different, and I'm hoping in different ways because I don't want the new Ray's, you know, trilogy or movie or series of movies or whatever to just be making the same mistakes again. Cause I will absolutely just like right. jump off a death star. Please. Like I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I could do that. Yeah. As Grant mentioned earlier, like self, self, self-fulfilling prophecy mistakes. I, no, I just don't want to see her make, because I feel like that yeah. might happen again. I mean, obviously, it would be I super know. boring if they were telling, like, essentially the same story with two different backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, as, as, you know, wild as that would be. So, you know, it's like I don't want her to be making all the same mistakes they made the first time they created the Jedi Order, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, you know, I want to see her zag when the first people zig. And she's got the texts that hopefully should inform, you know, her so that she doesn't make the same mistakes over again. And I think that juxtaposition will be really fun as they sort of vector yeah. off into different way, paths. Mm-hmm. The the weird thing about this too, because I, I heard that same thing by by Kathleen uh, Kennedy, yeah, and I was just like, that's. I mean, yeah, I kind of figured she's also really. I mean, she's doing her job. She's just really good at like saying things that are vague enough that could be interpreted in a multitude of ways. But like, I I feel like if they're really going to link them, it's odd that as far as we know the new Jedi order movie is coming out first and Mangold's films coming out. We're guessing second now based on the, yeah. based on like the way they've talked about it. Actually, they look like so, he's looks like he's about six months apart. Um, as far as, or actually he's just about to start. He's starting to write six months yeah. after. So, yeah. Right. Which is weird. Cause if you think we're going to link them, you'd have to link, you'd want to link them forward facing, not backwards looking. Yeah. Right. Which means that you would have Mango's film go first and then you would have whoever's right. Rewriting the, um, I guess it's Stephen Knight rewriting or I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, rewriting, um, the new Jedi order would pull from that script because, you know, based on everything Mangold said, and I would say, based on what he did with Indy, he'll just be like, I'm going to take what I want and ignore the rest. So he might not pull back. So my thought is like, I don't know. Is she just talking about EU stuff again? Like, are the links going to be developed in books and comics and all the tie in, you know, stuff to, to kind of make those links? Well, a little you have more to imagine felt. that Ray is looking back on that first order, the but, four, first right. order. But we don't know what and, that and, is because Mangold's going after. Right. 
but maybe this is more for the story group and this is mm. just internal sort right, of stuff where it's right. like hey what how how what can we put in the sandbox for mangled because it i you know it's not going to be free range do whatever I you hope want. It is. i imagine it's going to be he's already got the date is already not up to mangled 25,000 years was set right. by the story group that was not mangled who yeah. set that date therefore these are the parameters that are being set the table is being set by the story group by the internal sort of yeah. narrative team and I think what they're trying to do is figure out a compelling way for Ray to start a new Jedi Order, yep. while also showing how the initial one had its troubles with the sort of moral spectrum of Force users, and 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 then somehow doing creating a lot of space for Mangled to play with that in terms of like all these different yeah. sects and factions that spring out of again that first congregating of the Force of, of Force users, right and. Uh, we've dro- I've dropped a theory here the other, the other podcast, two podcasts ago, I think, where I was like, you know, well, it would be so much fun if that all that congregating of Force users resulted in uh, basically the Sith and the Jedi are an offshoot, a much smaller branch of that. Whereas we always think the Jedi are this, yep. we're the, the first major Which, institution, you know, it's like, and then that was that message, that message is there's more bad people than good people, which is a really dark message to send out there. But it 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 immediately makes us appreciate the Jedi Order that fell um, after the Clone Wars and the rise of the Empire. It, it immediately makes us respect those guys and think, hey, they, they have all this analysis paralysis. They have all this clouding, clouded, clouded thoughts and confusion because they're just so worried about dismantling this, this lawful good order they've somehow mm-hmm. created, which was just painstaking. Yeah. You know, like to me, it actually creates reverence for that, for that order. When a lot of people I talk to just are like, how could Yoda just jump on this Clone War bandwagon? Like, uh, you know, how how is no one heed Count Dooku's, you know, comments about a Dark Lord? Why is nothing? Why are these Jedi so complacent? What if they're just deathly afraid of losing what they built? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 interesting to me that would be lore saving in a lot of ways if they did that lore reinforcement i know these big franchises try to do lore reinforcement constantly yeah. with everything they put out yeah yeah to me that's that'd be a theory i would love to I, see i want to unfold jump in on that right because i feel like it just makes weirdly the most logical sense and also a bit of like tone poemy if you have the sith out numbering you saying it rhymes yeah like poetry uh it, it outnumbering the jedi right because then your rebels are the jedi right your rebellion sure. are the are the exactly. first jedi order rebelling against the sith and the, the other few. thing the few, the few yeah. right the yeah. few good the few yeah. pure of heart and and, and mm-hmm. i mean i feel like part of what you get with that which makes a lot of sense if you have like and, and grant you were getting at this if you have the jedi order who have all these rules and structure and like tests and a way to basically all of that does is opt people out of the program, yeah. which I mean, they're trying to find right. the best of the best. And then you have the Sith going, Hey, do you have a lightsaber and like hate things? Cool. You're, you're one in. of us, yeah. right? You're in. And so like, everyone's easy to get in on the Sith. It's, 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 it is alluring, right? That's what they talk about all throughout all of the series is how alluring the dark side is, right? It's attractive. It pulls yeah, people it's the in. Easy path. It's an easy path, right? And so you have the Jedi who are just like, no, this is the right path, but boy, is it hard, and you may not get there. So, like, I love this idea of just, like, this, that where we get to is they realize, they think they're, like, maybe the end of the first movie is, like, this group think they're, like, they're on the right thing, and then it it kind of blows out, and you realize there's just this group of small people in this vast sea of just Sith, right? Or just dark side users, yeah. Or, I mean, an Arbiter who's 
uh, arbiter of both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that being a story device to uh, a group who harnesses both sides, one person who harnesses, yeah. harnesses both sides being key to the plot as well. Yep. But yeah, I would love a small, I, I almost love the idea of the good few. Yeah. Um, because I think it saves our, the, the impression it helps the impression that the Jedi give in the prequel films and then the original, you know, yeah. how they're, how they're talked about in the original trilogy. It's like it, it, that order actually, I think, uh, it's just, for me, it's just, it's a little bit of, um, promotion for them. Like that's just a little bit of good PR. I mean, they've, they've, it's just been so rough for them in the fan community for so long. For like, the people who care just, like us, we're just sort of out, like, can't yeah. wait to point out the inadequacies of the Jedi and the failings mm-hmm. of the Jedi. And I'm just like, Okay, well, can we do something to restore them as like guardians of peace and justice in the yeah, galaxy, like heroic yeah. figures? Is there any way we can do that? That would be great. Thank you. Ben's annoyance at, every time he always says, "I'm like, I'm just sick of seeing Jedi take L's." Yeah, and like I, I, <laughs> we, I, I love our, yeah. our 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 collective friendship and learning from each other over the years, and how much it impacts each other's readings of things. Because every time I'm like yeah. reading something, I'm like. Oh, the Jedi's get taken another L, yeah. and that's that's all you, Ben. Like I never thought that way until I met you, and now I'm like, oh man, why can't they? Just Most win? fans are pretty snarky about, uh, you know, being smarter than the Jedi and and just you know tacking, pointing the noses down to the Jedi. You know, and it's like, why are you I watching Star Wars? Three, I think we just want, I think uh, we just want like uh, entertaining, uh, compelling yeah. Jedi story. I don't know, like it's. I'm not looking to like see them lose and fail and lose their masters and sulk and, and, you know, hide their identities yeah. and go into hiding. Like I'm, I'm and, yeah, I just want to see stuff. them. Doing Jedi. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's my view is like, I, I mean, as soon as the film or the production is made, it is, that is, it exists in a, and that's the story. And I'm just like, Hey, great job. You made, you know, you made a star war and you got it to come to the big screen. You got to, you know, put it on Disney plus, whatever, like what all they're doing. So it's like, it just exists. It is what it is. That is it's mythology and it's written. And how I deal with it personally is how I'm going to deal with something. And it's like, it's, it stinks to watch your heroes or characters that you watch develop or read develop in like high Republic get smoked and just like, or get fooled, be deceived, be trapped, you know, cut off from their loved ones like just terrible things that happen in that series yeah. you know it's like really yeah. gut-wrenching yeah. but it is i mean that is storytelling but i actually i love what you two were saying i i did not expect you all to have ideas about what we'd get in the first movie but um you guys just blew me away with all that i but i love that you, you didn't no, but i love that i mean i, I think the, the key takeaway that i'm getting with my small mind is that it is it's it is harder to be good it's it's always harder to be good, and that's yeah. I think yeah. that's true. Yeah, being good is yeah. hard. Yeah, man. I mean, in, in like yeah. you know, a frequent thing they do now, it's like if you want to flesh out a Jedi, just start killing people, it, like just prey on the weak. I just I just rewatched. Yeah. Um, it's called Twin Sons. It was um, season three, episode twenty, I think, of Rebels, and it's the the final confrontation between um, Obi Wan and Maul. And, and and that's exa- okay. and that's what Maul does. Maul right. calls to Ezra to bring him down here to flesh out Obi Wan, but Obi Wan sees right through it at this point, which it makes so much sense. It, it, like it actually is a perfect pairing to the Obi Wan series. He's just sort of like you can like all yeah. everything he knows there. He learned a lot of in that series. Like I, Deborah Chow yeah. did such a good which, job with that. I so mm. I I was actually thinking about Obi Wan too as we're talking about like Jedi and Jedi being good and doing their thing and getting a win. Like I you know. 
I start out very down on there ever being an Obi-Wan series. <laughs> like, yeah. why do we need this? Like, don't do it. Like, nothing. And he doesn't leave world. And that, I, I think I, I actually I'm saying all this. It is recorded for yeah. history. A couple I times we talked about it. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I was wrong. I admit my mistakes. Uh, that series, I kind of is all the series that we've talked about. And I love Andor. Andor is like the perfect series. But like. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan might be my favorite series so far on, on Disney Plus. And I think part of it is like they gave they found a way to give him a win. Yeah. Right. And like a character win that also makes me understand how he became the weird space wizard we meet in episode four. Right. Yeah. Who just doesn't give an F about much of anything other than getting Luke because like he knows like he's like that. He's had that moment of being like, well, you're you're dead now. Like yeah. you're lost to me, Darth. Like there's no saving you now. Like, I don't know. Like I just, that film, I mean, that show threaded that needle in a way and also gave us, gave us a Jedi being a Jedi. Like that film, that show ends with like, this is the truest Jedi. Yeah. Is open. And a lot of it is his, yeah. his resignation to being like, I can't force Luke to be the chosen one. And like, he's just yep. got to come to it on his own. And they really, it, it, that realization juxtaposed with the Rebels episode, like they show the last scene, yeah. he's looking at, he's looking critically at Luke just like playing around on the homestead at night. You know, meanwhile, Ezra Bridger, who's the exact same age as Luke, is out here fighting the rebellion with a lightsaber and like making mistakes, but he's in the thick of it. And he's, he's in the he's war. In the war yeah. And he's, he's, you know, and Obi-Wan's just like, you don't need me. You have everything you need. Your people need you. You need to go back, you know, but then, you know, he's already seen Leia has proclivities for like, you know, becoming, you know, an adventurer and a savior. And here's dumb Luke just still like playing with toys on a farm. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. And he's just like looking at him, yeah. he's looking at him and he's just like, I, I, he doesn't say anything, but even animated Obi-Wan, I think he's just sort of like, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, am I, am I doing this right? Yeah. He's like, gosh, I hope this is worth it because I really could be yep. out there doing some yeah. real good. And it's like, but, you know, Qui-Gon, this is it. Yep. This is what the oath I took. That's the Qui-Gon. Trust in the force. Trust in the force. Yeah. And, it, you know, hey, it worked out. Um, but yeah, anyways, diverted down that that sector but I, i'm i love your ideas for this no no they're talking about the heroism yeah. though and like and, and hard the to discipline. be good yeah. yes the optics of, yeah. of the heroism and is it commendable and do we notice the heroism right. of the jedi like is what they're doing substantial is it is it just a bunch of cg assets flying around behind them and then the sort of clone army fighting and that's their heroism or are they like are they their big sweeping moments where they're like you know, pulling a lightsaber and stopping a threat yeah. like right before it happens. Like these kind of moments that I think we're all just craving to see these, these big heroic moments where there's not, they're not in the middle of a war. There's, it's more intimate, you know, like, again, I'm excited that Mangold is yeah. doing this film because Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny felt more intimate than the other, uh, in the other yeah. indie films. And you think about, yeah, like you said, the shots are framed a little tighter. Yeah. Um, there's it's just new camera work and, and design. It's not so focused on establishing shots, wides, trick shots, no. things that Spielberg loves to do. It was very focused on character. And so yeah. it's going to be exciting to see him jump into this story. And I got one more pitch for you, Ben. I What about a what about a love triangle in, in Star seen Wars? That already? Like among Jedi. Oh, among Jedi. I mean, also I haven't among seen Jedi. it. Among Jedi. I mean, like a, in, in books. We got a dia. We've seen it, I mean, well, we see it in book form, but in movie form. Yeah, I mean, right. We got, Man, we got yeah, the High Republic. I mean, oh yeah, you know, I, I, but, I definitely note. I definitely that's a great one. I think I, that's a fantastic triangle. I do, do think that triangle wasn't 
uh, was basically all the same flavor. Like they're all Jedi. I was like, what if the triangle I'm talking about is Dawn of the Jedi era and they're not all sides. They're force users. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're not, they're not all of the same schooling. Do you want to hear, you want to hear a pitch that I kind of don't want to see, but I wonder if they're going to (laughs) do. Sure. Go for it. We have to get to no attachment somehow. That's what I was just thinking. Boy, do okay, I, here we do go. I ever yeah. get through? Do I ever get through an episode with talking about the no attachment thing? Maybe that's maybe that's what we see. Maybe that's the connection Kathleen's well, talking about. That's the triangle I'm talking about. The triangle is one that, person has toxic love, one person has that real leads love, to no attachment, right? That has, leads to the no attachment rule, which is like maybe you justify it then because maybe that's the maybe that's the key that draws these two films together because Ray is also struggling with the no attachment rules. Maybe not like don't make it a love triangle. Don't make it that exact, but she's kind of grappling a little bit with that. No well, attachment now you have that. Well, there's a likelihood to that Adam, because we are not getting old Ray anymore. Lindelof has left the ship. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, I guess it's because I don't think. Yeah. She want he Kathy wanted to do, wanted to do Helen Mirren right Ray. away. Yeah. yeah. An actress in her prime. There's no reason really to do that yet, you know, or yeah, like, and it's and a I, recast of anything. Also, you know, again, so. I just don't want to. I, I think I said the last time you told me about this. I've, I've suppressed that memory, by the way. But thanks for bringing it back up again. That, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the I, idea. I think, right? I think yeah, it's it just the, been done. It's like I don't want another fast forward and then backfill. Fast forward and backfill. Old. You know, like I no, I don't. I, I mean, I want to see her. Like, all right, what happens next? And I mean, you know, part the maybe my favorite part of the um, the script that wasn't by Trevorrow, uh, you know, is it ends with Le- uh, Ray on at the beginnings of her new school, and like that got me really excited, and I really want to see it, and I don't want to, I don't want to see it in my lifetime, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to like do the old one and then wait, you know, twenty uh, years yeah. for them to decide to backfill it with a comic book series or something. Well, you and know? Th- and then you're backfilling it, knowing where it ends, yeah. so you know where it has to right. go. Which I'm like, right. no, I agree. Let's like, burgeon forth into the unknown. But I just don't understand it. But what's scary about that prospect to me, though, is that. Is is that just an X Men film at that point, and is it just a group of Jedi that culminate at the end, fight a threat, and that's like that's the structure of it? Because you're kind of doing a school at that point. You're introducing new students. Like, what is the design of that yeah. film? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's to me, it's like that's a series. Like, I would just way rather see that as a series, just because. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I guess that's just. The, I guess it could be really fun though. Now that now that I'm saying that, that sounds amazing. No, but I, yeah, like why can't we get a little X Men in it? Jedi, you got like why not? Right, like there's room for it if, if you're gonna do if we're gonna try to do different stuff. But great, the second you said X Men film, and I mean we've talked about it, like X Men is like my comic oh, yeah. series of all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was also just like. Yeah, I the second you said that I did like I almost felt myself like 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 cringe when you're just like X-Men in, in Star Wars, which we get a lot in the books, right? All the books, all the sure. old EU books with the new Jedi. But I'm like, I don't know, maybe and the High Republic. Does I don't too, know, right? too. It's like there's new student. There's a new Padawan, I think, featured in almost every book. Yeah, and, right. Uh, with a new skill. Yeah, which is cool. I could do three Padawans in three movies or something like three students. Like, yeah, one student in a movie instead of like. Because then it gets into X Men. Yeah. It gets into superhero. Well, ensemble, now I'm nervous. Ensemble. I, I w- ensemble. I, yeah, <laughs> I will say the, the one of the things I've learned from doing this pod as we close in on 300 podcasts together, um, wild yeah, um, is that you know as brilliant as you both are, and you, I mean you've forgotten more about film than I'll ever know. It's just like oh, we're consistently there's wrong, always still learning there's always day. a blind spot, and I mean I would love to be in a room and make a Star Wars together and see what we come up with because I love your ideas. 
Um, but there's always an angle we haven't seen and, you know, it's their job. And so I think, you know, yes, on its face, there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of, there's always a lot of pitfalls. If you're like, okay, it's going to be an ensemble cast and there's only so many ways you can go and we're going forward and they have new skills, but it's like, there's always a way there's like always a way to make it a star war, to tell a new story, to innovate. And, And it's like, they have all the resources in the world, the best writers, the best teams, um, the, you know, best crew, they'll figure it out. Like they, if anyone can be, you know, figure out, they can, we've got our best people on it. It's, you know, this established thing, it's going to be some risk, you know, they've taken risks before and failed, but. And how much of the Jedi process do you show? Like, is it more alluring to show uh, a set piece moment wherein a threat erupts in some, some crowded, you know, marketplace and then a Jedi mysteriously arrives? Is that more interesting than, showing Ray's process of like you right, know, now, communication officers, the finding, finding threats, yeah. like sending Jedi in. Like it's almost like I don't want too much of an insight inside look either. I think the Jedi work better as a mystery yeah. in a lot of ways as well. So yeah. like there's and there's a lot of concerns and pitfalls, but again, so excited yeah. that they're doing this. Like we're actually getting a Jedi order, like the startings of a Jedi yeah. order. I will say are we going to do Master Apprentice again? Is it going to be Master yeah. Padawan? Like, gonna is that still maybe that's gonna be all it is, right? Mentor maybe that's us? maybe they do keep yeah. that. Yeah. I I I I'm not really going to. That's how you escape yeah. the X Men, right? Ensemble stuff. Ray and Broom Boy. Well, I don't think I think Ray's going to have her own I mean, thing. We joke about Broom Boy, but it's a, a oh, good enough going to be there. A film that he should most definitely. Oh, he, if he's not there, I'm quitting Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Like, it's a, not, not it's really. Like a, you know, I I have my problems with the film. I, yeah. It's a great film. I just I it, it, I would just say that the, the sequels altogether kind of like was a train that went off a track. And I I don't want to. I don't think you can just say the last film's what did it. I think there's that's all I can say about all three of the films. But that ending was good enough that I was like, this is a good character. Yeah. Like this character should yeah. come back. And maybe you know, he's like good with animals. Go. Like I don't know. It could be something in there. I they could know. just be like, or, oh, where'd you come from? It's like, oh, I came from Cano Bite. It was like not a pretty scene. And then like that'd be enough. People yeah. would put it two and two together. Yeah, you don't need. They to, don't need much. Like do yeah. too much. Or here's the thing. What's the what's the name? All my Harry Potter people out there. What's the name of the, uh, of the groundskeepers that <laughs> I know? Well, you know, I, I yeah, let's not. I mean, uh, no, please don't. No, don't give her any money. <laughs> uh, if you want to read Harry Potter, you get for free from your library and she sees zero of those dollars. Please get your your books from the libraries and or buy them in used book shops anyway. Uh, but Filch, I think, is like the groundskeeper who is so I'm guilty. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna read them to my kid, and I'll and she will see zero of my dollars when I do. Um, but uh, I think Filch is like the groundskeeper who is yes. a, a muggle, and so you do the same thing. He's a he's he's the he's the uh, groundskeeper of the new Jedi Order, and he only has enough force connection to move a broom, and that's all he is. <laughs> yeah. He can't actually be a yeah. Jedi. <laughs> that's I mean that's just something that. you can do. The guy that like I'm yeah. not really gonna sleep well until I see it announced is John Boyega. I I. He's, I agree. He's he necessary. Because like I want, yeah, I want I, Ray to. Hopefully, he's involved in the writing. Yes. Thing. Yeah. He should. I want producer credit for him for sure. I was gonna say Daisy, but I don't even know if she has designs on that. Um. But I'd be happy. She'll get it because that's the way Hollywood works now. Yeah. But I mean, it's like after hearing. I mean, but you know, Boyega like is about that life. So yeah. it's like okay. And after hearing, um, I just watched Actors on Actors with um Diego Luna and Hayden Christensen and. Uh, 
it was really good. I finally got a chance to watch that. I saw it pop up and it, it played out about how I thought it would. But like Diego Luna is, was a producer on um, on Andor and he he gave a little insight as to like what his day to day is. And he was like, he's like, just like being able to be in the room when we're making decisions early you know, mm-hmm. you yep. know, is, was, it was a lot. That's and, huge. um, and, and like, that's where like Boyega needs to be. But I, because my yep. I, headcanon for this story is that like heavy weighs the crown for Empress Ray. And like, and I mean, I, I know she's not really going to be an empress, but like, maybe she is, I don't know. But like, she's, you know, mm-hmm. she's trying to dictate the next, you know, she's trying to find out what comes next for the Jedi. But like Boyega's boots on the ground with the school, day-to-day yeah, operations like yeah. he's really running it and it, it's kind of his his thing and um i mean it's gonna be great because there'll be all these pitfalls maybe you hit it i think you hit it man. yeah yeah you hit it. what if what if john boyega is just kyle Katar? yeah like what if you just yeah basically yeah. like oh lightsaber blaster out in the world and you're just like yep. this kind of character role at, at this point kind of the guy who knows the academy hung out with ray but now is actually fighting whatever sith encounter is now back in the galaxy yeah. instead of red it's it's yeah. sort of he's the swashbuckling um so jedi rogue character you know what if your conflict is between ray and finn and not heavy conflict but emotional conflict that ray is running the school and so it's a little more of the book learning right and mm-hmm. and the yeah, and, sure. and ray is taking jedi troops out or jedi forces out to kind of do the jedi missions and so you have a bit of the academic versus the real world between the two of those characters yeah. oh i see right like maybe they're butting you heads said ray for both of those things that. but i think you meant ray ray, ray, ray. Book learning and, ray. Ray, and ray finn ray. is taking ray. people on the ground ray 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 exactly yeah. yes thank you i am no that's, two and a half that makes perfect sense manhattan's in so <laughs> very little sleep i love it the jawa juice is flowing um it's always that's good. rad um, um oh my gosh yeah, i could that. talk about that stuff forever um some more so like some more mangled stuff i had took a bunch of notes when i listened to that um sweet but do it yeah so it, so first is like we've talked about it a little bit like but there's a little bit of hypocrisy with him where he's like i have no interest in making a movie that's part of a universe and yet he's made the most iconic <laughs> like films for like logan is like I, maybe the greatest yeah. x-men movie and like I would. It's almost a template for a Star Wars yeah. movie. I think I tweeted. This I know. Is, yeah. Star I mean, Wars he only like knows how to practice. make one movie. It just seems to work in every yeah. single franchise. And granted, he like had a lot of room to roam there. But Logan makes me very. I mean, God, the last. Scene, but Logan oh. popped off. Logan popped off before Mando and these other yeah. like Lone Wolf and Cub sort of ideas, yeah. right? I, Logan kind of popped yeah. off. Popped off at a good time. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like it crushed in that. Yeah, and it was yeah, yeah. such it's an like, outlier, yeah. and it was just just fantastic, and like everyone's good in that movie. Yeah. Like that's rare. Everyone, everyone, everyone is good, good in the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. everyone. And then and then for some reason, uh, Hugh Jackman decided to keep playing that character. Where I'm like, stop so it. it! Like that was it. Why would you play it again? That was the perfect ending. And then you show up in three other movies. <laughs> yeah, after there's that. actually and now another one about that. The uh, the interviewer talked to Mangold about that, <laughs> yeah. and he was just sort of like, oh, it's great, whatever, you know, whatever. He's going to he what he's going to yeah, say diplomatic. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so I mean, if anything shows that he's c- capable of this. So it's like he played within the guidelines of X-Men and made an amazing outlier X-Men movie. And that's like exactly what he's being tasked to do here. It's like a franchise closer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But now he's going to be a franchise opener. Oh, weird. Yeah. No, you're right. He totally is. I didn't even put that together, but he absolutely is. Uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
This may be the last. Like your this may be the last hours. Yeah. Um. I, JJ is your franchise starter. Yeah, it's your franchise starter, but yeah. it's like kind of yeah. I mean, that's great. Just pictures. Think about it. As I mean, that's what. Do you know what JJ is? I'm gonna uh, say it, and we're gonna talk about it now. JJ is a franchise starter and then a franchise killer and then having to reinvent the franchise because he did it to <laughs> Star Trek because he yeah. like the first one's fine. The second one's garbage. The third one's whatever. And then that's not they can't keep doing those. So they decided to reinvent it on television. Hey, guys, does that sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> nope. Anyway, moving on. Um, OK, Brutal. so yep. I am JJ. So, I, sorry, Greg. I love please JJ. don't fire yeah. me. I think I'm fine. So. Oh yeah, Greg's gonna have words. Oh man, he's I've got six text messages from him right now. And they're not they're they're all caps for some reason. He's he's definitely an all caps texture. A lot of there was an accidentally accidentally hit the uh you know double tap on the on the on the uh on the it's fine. It's probably fine. It's all good. Um anyways, uh he also talked about writing Boba Fett. Um and and so like because he was gonna yeah, he had a script for the movie in the in the works. And he, but yeah. he wanted it to be an R-rated spaghetti western um, on one planet. Yeah. Um, oh, that would have sucked. And um, yeah, I mean, I know. And he said, he said he was just listening to Enya Morricone while he was typing it, like the you know the yeah. spaghetti western king soundtrack dude. And he was just the like happily right. typing away, yeah. just like getting into it. And um, he said that like he's like, if I did that, no one would look at Grogu the same, you know, like because it was gonna be, it's gonna be gnarly. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, gonna yeah. say sigh. We don't need to relitigate Book of Boba Fett. No, but what's Mangled? Uh, what's Mangled Western? Did he, do, did he do 310 to Yuma? Oh, he did 310, 310 to, Yuma. to Yuma. He yeah, he did. The- <laughs> he did a remake of a western and found a way to make it again much better than the original. Like, which is a rare thing to yeah. do, right? Is to remake a film and make the the second. Like, his his remake of 310 to Yuma is it's great. I mean, I didn't know who James Mangle was, and I was watching it sitting at my video store watching it. And I'm like, heck? what is this <laughs> film? This is amazing. Like, this is you have revitalized the western, and yeah, no one cares. No one cares that the western's yeah, back. I've got to watch yeah, that movie again. I loved it. Really good. Yeah, I would trust him with a, a Boba Fett spaghetti western. I mean, with we also music. You can flash back to our live coverage of Solo because they announced that the morning Solo was out. It was soft announced that James Mangle was was doing the Boba yeah. Fett movie. I I have sense memories of the three of us and our 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 significant others meeting at Assembly Row, excitedly talking about James Mangle doing that before we went in to go yeah. see Solo. Yeah, he did. He, I just he, yeah. he admitted Solo killed his opportunity, um, which is sad. But yeah, it killed a lot of opportunities, which yeah, is a bummer for so everyone else and Solo because it doesn't deserve it. Yeah, Solo was great. Solo was great. <laughs> really, yeah. you missed out if you didn't go see Solo in so, theaters because I think the it's super it's super so Vermonoth and that it's the mall. Yeah, like, that stuff was awesome. Oh, it's also the budget's fault, not the movie's fault. If that if it didn't cost two movies to yeah. make one movie, it would have been considered a success, just like the Indiana Jones film that just came out that's dying in the theater, but it would have been fine, but that they had to remake it or redo it. Right. Anyway, I have a pretty hot take on. about Boba Fett, though. All right. I don't Please think do. it's so better be I don't hot. Think he's entirely a Western. This is quick. I don't think he's entirely a Western genre character. I would almost give no. him to like Bong Jun Ho and do something on like Ooh. a tropical prison planet or like a gladiatorial Ooh. sort of ring yes. and it's like old boy like i would do yes. something where it's old like do just it. constant yep. action and like but like there's real stakes and he's after some gutter punk kid who who he likes or something yeah. i don't you know something that's just fun you know what i mean like and then like yeah 
It's almost the person I'd give it to. Here's what you should do with Boba Fett. All of that. What you should do is a series of films where he jumps into different genre of action films and he conquers them all because <laughs> he's, he's Boba Fett. Because <laughs> so he's, he's in a Western <laughs> and then he's in the 80s action movie. That's, that's called and printing a, money, like, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I know he conquers all genres. It's like the film, the series we got sort of got him out of the Sarlacc pit and into a place of stability. But I, and and I mean, there's a part of me that would love to be like he starts regressing into his old ways to solve new problems that are old problems, you know. And then like, and then we yeah. we get the, we can get the gritty Boba Fett, the like no nonsense Boba Fett again. But uh, I don't know. It's like they turned him into this warm, fuzzy, like, like old person that's just like, like, no, I just want to be a, a daimyo of a small town and that's it. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't think we're ever going to get another Boba Fett, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. No, he's going to be in the movie and maybe he'll pop up in some of the series. And that's kind yeah. of it. it's kind of because like, yeah. he was really promising in Mandalorian when he showed up. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's the guy. That's the guy. But mm. and I mean, and when you rewatch the series, he it is pretty gritty and there are definitely like Boba Fett hallmarks there. But sure. I guess it was just like seeing his face too much. It was like, no, no, no. I got to see. He, I want him a, a, little more, a little more lethal. Espa. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm still thrown off by that. I was reading an issue of uh, I swear we'll talk about the comics again at some point. But I was reading an issue of, uh, of Bounty Hunters. He shows up. Boba shows up in it. And it's like helmet gets knocked off. And so that was helmet for like oh, three wow. pages. And it's, it still weirds me out to see Boba Fett's yeah. face. Even though I know what it looks like, I'm like, this is weird why we show. Oh, that's right. Because all we do now is show Boba Fett's yeah. face. <laughs> all right. Um, another little tidbits here. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he mentioned. Oh, he called the the story group the Star Wars clerics, <laughs> which I thought was like, a nice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because I imagine the story group wearing robes all the time in, um, you know, California. Yep. Um, behind. yeah carrying life orbs or uh, yeah or, light uh, orbs yeah. or whatever or maybe yeah. canes or something um yeah in like candlelit rooms i hope that's the case um you know yeah so blah 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 feeling of space is important to tell a story without being encumbered by the bases you need to hit it was sort of just like just let me just let me tell a story um so he's got that um and he also mentioned that he hasn't talked to george lucas about dawn of the jedi yet um he's waiting to sort of have a thing before he talks to him but um, and then there was one um, one quote that that I, he pulled that I really like. It was um, every good idea skates towards a precipice of something completely awful, and every safe <laughs> idea never gets close to that edge. Meaning, like he's like I it, it, when it, when regarding George, he's like, no, I, I want it to be complete before it comes because like I he wants to ride that edge, he wants to push that edge, and it's like, and he's right. I feel completely this way about you know, creativity and creating things. It's like, you you know, if you really want to burgeon forth and like cover new ground, it's, it's a razor's edge between something terrible and something perfect. Yeah. Which, which I can see in Indiana Jones, right? Because like, like just to bring it back around a second, like, like the fact that second we figured out that he was going to meet Archimedes, I was just like, well, this is dumb. Yeah. I was in the theater going like, Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> And then he found a way to actually kind of sort of make Archimedes it work. He was obsessed with water displacement. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> sure. sure. The great. Push Thanks the things into the pool. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, is this, where, is this what the puzzles have become at this point? 
Yeah, was... pretty much. Um, I mean, the last one was like X marks the spot. Yeah. So, hey, you know, we got a little more than that. But I'm like, but yeah, like, I, you're you're really I, they're the it's the 80s, Adam. I mean, I'm not I too know. hard on this. <laughs> but no, but it's like, I mean, I mean, you go back from like you go back to Raiders, just like take one back because of this and then like break the staff of raw. Like that was amazing. Like that was real. So good. Something yeah. or other. Like, but like, but. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so good. But to, there was nothing, anything even close to that in this film. But to bring it back to, Sorry, back to uh, Ben's, Ben's point of just like like this idea of like, like I'm sure when he's writing the script, he's like, he's going to be Archimedes. Like that is a razor edge of killing that movie. Yeah. Right? Like that should not work on paper. But I actually thought it worked pretty well in a way that I was just was like, great. oh man, I was, I was watching the film like, oh, you did it. Yeah. Yeah, won me back. I was like angry at the film for winning me back at that point because I'm like, he's seeing history. And I'm like, yes, the last thing Indiana Jones should do is actually see history. And I'm like, fine, you win, James. For me, the razor's edge or coming coming to the edge of of creativity and and taking a gamble was the de-age scene and how long Mm -hmm. the Mm de-age scene lasted. Long. So which was was a good choice, in my opinion, because it it was story driven. And it was for me. I think it's a really bad look when you create a de-aged moment that's sort of like single serving, maybe single serving to the MacGuffin, single serving to one yep. character. It's it was so refreshing to see a de-aged scene in which the character keeps going. Yeah. Just yeah, uh, you're like, I mean, is this over? Yet? So no, long. he's still running down the train. He's still yeah, fighting yeah. people. This it, is awesome. It goes long enough that they they're able to introduce and dismiss a false MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, that's how long that scene is. Oh, Lance it's amazing. Fake. I know. Fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he sees it for a second. He's like, fake. Yeah. Yeah. Fake. I mean, it, like yeah. tying that back to Star Wars for a second. I mean, that's a really great sign from Lucasfilm. One of the things Mangold said was um, he's like, you know, the first time Kathleen came to me, they were like, yeah, so we want you to do this. He's like, OK. She's like, we need it in a month. <laughs> And he was like, absolutely not. He was like, I, he's like, I need a year. And um, yeah. he's, he's like, I need, I need a, a year to, to start, like to, to do this. And, and she, they like left him alone and he was like, well, I figured that was it. And he's like, I don't know if they called right. every other director in Hollywood or what, but they came back to me and were like, okay, we're going to do this. You know, and he gave, he gave yeah. her his idea, but like a, the fact that they gave him as much time as he needed and B that he mm-hmm. made as long a movie as he needed to make um is yeah. both very encouraging well, signs to me that he felt comfortable pushing back yeah right and, and she saying, listened to him no like yeah. that's yeah yeah that's a good beginning of a relationship that's what there, i wonder like with jj yeah. is he just such a company man that he's like okay you know you need this in two years and it needs to be an hour and you know no more than two hours long like okay well, he runs a production company so i imagine he has a slate of of shows and things that he's always trying to right hit so too, he's like okay i'll just make it work that's yeah yeah I, I mean, think it's a combination. I think he's like, like how you cut movies to make that movie happen. But it was like, yeah. did we really need to put that much pressure on the guy? Okay. Well, he no, did bring it to in house too. He would like I, he shot scenes for the Force Awakens at his own studios. Is Bad Robot? Yeah. 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 Sort of like, yeah. Did and he his own doctoring of film on his own grounds in his own yeah. domain. It's kind of cool. And he kind of so, wrestled that. Like that fine with the allotment, the parameters. Yeah. I think he was fine with. And he, the, his shooting on that, on that first movie, you know, in Force Awakens, kind of, he was able to wrestle it back from disaster, right? With like Harrison Ford getting injured and having like stop production for a while and still deliver like a great movie and like, re, like rewrite everything. And it worked out really well. 
so what I'll say about like the last movie is I think he's not necessarily a company man. I think you guys hit it. He owns his own company, so he understands the reality of the business. And I think he also has the ego to say, I can do it, which yeah. can get you can get a lot of things done well and can also get you into yeah, trouble. It's a triangle. You can get it done quickly. You can get it done cheaply um, or you can get it done quickly what's the other one or well 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 thank you. yeah and it's yeah. like pick two right but he was like he did all three and it's like yay okay you did like two and a half yeah. out of three that's it but yeah. yeah you can figure out what half i'm talking about satisfactory slash yeah. deeply enjoying yeah. enjoy uh yeah. entertaining and compelling yes. yeah i don't know but it's like it could have been hard better, on jj you know and it just it could have been better if i feel like given more rain i would have liked to see what he would have done I still want to see that three hour cut, yeah. man. I, I feel like that would do a lot of the work yeah. for me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, speaking of which, there's a NC 17 rating cut of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire out there somewhere. Um, so that, wait, yeah. What? Whoa. Was that in okay. the, wait, what did I miss? I don't know if I needed <laughs> no, to. No, that. Yeah. I just decided to throw that in there. That was a whole factoid. <laughs> That's uh Ben's factoid <laughs> corner from this, uh, this week. Wait, like so they went from pg there's there's, no, there's now we're a talking PG, about this for the next there's half an, an hour r and then there's an nc17 <laughs> based on i think it was the material that um uh robin williams was, uh, was putting based on that that makes sense because right. he can scale his ad libbing he can very much he could very much scale yeah. up so probably based simply on the word pictures he was yes, painting in, in some of the scenes <laughs> 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 all right that makes a little more sense because i'm like like, what did they do between what was like what, what were Robin Williams and, and Sally Field yeah. doing on 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 camera? We were wildly, wildly off yeah. topic. All right. Bring yeah. it back to Star Wars. <laughs> I love it. Though. I, um, That's never going to happen. again. I watched uh, Rogue One last <laughs> night. It was awesome. <laughs> so good. And so and awesome. then I started watching um, A New Hope, I think, is. Yeah, because I, I watched that that interview with how do you not with Hayden and um, and uh, Diego. And they were just like, obviously, just like tossing flowers back and forth at each other. Um, but it was just yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Hayden, he did not regrets. He, he did, he said all the right things and was just like very sweet and, and amenable and all that, all that stuff. But it's like, you know, Diego talking about like the story process with Tony and like how the depth of the characters and how he, and he's, you know, and Hayden's like, uh, huh, that must've been nice. Yeah. That must've been really great for you. Uh, uh- yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's the same thing with the original, right? Hayden Christensen was like this what nineteen-year-old kid spit dude. up and yeah, like he had no hope he, to his, do it. He had been know? in a like, high school play before that. I know high school <laughs> plays kid. like that was his whole thing, and it's like he did yeah. he did great with what he had. He did great. He did great as directed yeah. as well. Like I, he has the acting chops. We've seen it in other yeah. movies. We've seen other things. He. May have not been directed by an actor's director. Yeah, yeah I just, I just wish the the best for that dude, and I, I hope he's great because he, I, yeah, the poor I, guy. I'll always, you know, I mean, I always love Attack of the Clones, and um, yeah, we'll always have that together. Well, the problem Same. with Anakin Skywalker is like a seedy Superman, yeah. so like you're just, yeah, like, that's a tough character, no matter what the handling yeah. is, and it's like, <laughs> I, it's tough. It's I almost just... a character no one wants to see either, and yeah, so it's right. like. Uh, I just don't uh, like, think like him... you wouldn't make that today. You would not yeah. do no, that. Film. But but the thing so is, they so should have so. made him more unlikable from the jump. Yeah, I think so too. Like yeah. just lean into being unlikable, but still, like you can understand how him, he, and Obi Wan had a friendship. Yeah. 
but like make him unlikable everywhere I think, else. I think that's right? what the Clone like, Wars animated series did well. It was sort of like show. Yes, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, like right. he's a very flawed yeah. dude in that. And toxic. he's like kind of a jerk, cocky. Toxic bro. Yeah, toxic yeah. bro. Yeah. And um, I mean, we get that in um, uh, Revenge of the Sith um, a bit, but it's sort of like, yeah, you know, anyways. But um, yeah, and we got it. We got him in um, Obi-Wan too, which was good. And he was a fan. He was a fantastic actor in that. He was really good in yeah. Obi-Wan, which again proves that as well directed and also he's matured. Yeah. But like, yeah, he, he can do it. Word. Anything else y'all want to talk about this week? I think we covered it. I'm I don't I'm know. excited for I thought my I had something movie. and then yeah. yeah. Yeah, same. I thought I had something and then uh Mrs. Stoutfire. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just felt <laughs> no, like a I love it. It's great, but I'm like, I, I how do you follow that? <laughs> the board. Yeah. Um um, I will. No, much. I'm just. It's. It's interesting that is he. He wants to do something that doesn't serve a larger universe or the franchise yeah. as a whole. He wants to sort of tell his story to the side. And we're getting Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon coming out shortly, and he's talking about how he wanted to do the very same, same thing, thing yeah. when he approached Disney in, in 2014, 15, when they got the rights and pitched his film, and he said, "I just want to do my own thing." on the side, not connected to any of the characters in the, in the lore so far. And, um, and now the, his movies are coming out and it's going to be a two parter. Um, I'm not overly excited for them. I'm just a two parter. Yeah. Apparently six months um, apart or something like that. It's just exciting to see the, the sort of like indie sci-fi or this sort of like independent sci-fi idea versus mangled now now able to tell this story in the star wars galaxy with new characters not beholden to what we've seen before uh it's gonna be exciting i think we're in a new frontier of science fiction storytelling and basic fantasy storytelling so i'm like i'm just excited about this kind of new new horizon that we're entering so very cool and i think our podcasts entering a new horizon too so yeah we i i figure this is time to mention it we've been teasing about how grex is going to fire us um that's definitely happening actually it's not yeah we probably got like i don't know two episodes left in front of us before we yeah, get fired so, just guessing yeah, i'm 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 actually yeah i'm he, i'm supposedly fired as a resident <laughs> yeah. so i'll be clearing my yeah yes, just <laughs> yeah actually one of those texts just says you're fired but like 29 times it's like a wallpaper that i'm probably going to put on the back of my phone um <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh we're going to we are still going to be a podcast, but um, we have been kicked off our um, transmission news sta- uh, space station here. Um, so we're just going to yeah. go to different bars around the galaxy and have a little more adult, a little more casual conversation. We'll still cover stuff as it comes out um, and cover all yeah. the things. We're going to be the completionists. We always have been. Um, yeah. But it's going to give us a little more room to mess around with some yeah. different ideas. Uh, it's a little bit of a misnomer because we are the worst news uh, hosts probably in the galaxy because we don't really cover the yeah. news we just talk about star wars in yeah. a very general way hence hence why we're yeah. fired hence <laughs> the firedness um but it's <laughs> yeah. just gonna i think open up some new fun things for us um we might start our counter over again um but so if you see uh star wars cantina chronicles on your logo instead of core world news in a couple weeks uh you will know why um that's yeah don't fret yeah, still us we'll just be cantina chronicles yeah try to do um a new event um i think we're gonna have more guests um whether accredited or not uh to get people pretty much anyone we can uh, pull over on a bar stool next to us to talk about star wars i think would be kind of fun um we've got a bunch of good ideas going there so 
Um, yeah, it's good. We're yeah. excited about it. It's going to be a blast. It's finally time to see. Yes, the indeed. That's right. Let's get out. We got to leave. No, one bar stool at a time. In the core worlds for too long. Get out of the cubicle. Go see what's I going know. on. Actually, and yeah. um, Adam and I are going to be drinking at Oga's Cantina uh, yeah. next Wednesday. So, <laughs> yeah, me. if you're in yeah. Oga's can, you know, if you happen to be at Batu next uh, Wednesday, um, the, yeah. I think it's the thirteenth or something, the twelfth, whatever. Twelfth. Uh, um, yeah, we'll be 12th. there. Um, come um, have a beer with us or a uh, blue milk or something. Um, Possible announcement, live announcement, and <laughs> possibly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ben stands on a bar barstool. I, yeah, shouts <laughs> at. Yeah, I will. Immediately I'm sure. gets escorted out. Of I know. Bar. I'm trying to figure out yeah. how to get in there with recording equipment. We'll see how that works. Yeah, keep an eye on socials. I'm sure we'll drop at least some bad iPhone videos or something yeah. on you know with great audio. We'll, we'll, <laughs> with great audio, with 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 amazing audio and subpar picture. Yeah, we'll try to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. Um, so we'll do that. But anyways, um, fun things on the horizon. Uh, Star Wars, always. There's always such great stuff. I still feel like I don't have my head around everything. Is there, isn't there a book I should be reading? Something? There must be a book out somewhere, right? Weirdly, there's a new Legends. Did you see the new Legends uh, collection released? A Dawn of the Jedi, uh, a book entitled Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah, it's from the Legends books. Adam, you must have read it in your rereads from over the past what? eight years. God, but it's like long, twenty years took him to do that. I think. But um. It just dropped on oh. Audible. I just downloaded oh. it and it was listening Adam, to the first couple chapters of... today. Uh, I, I am digging wow. into it now. Yeah, wow. that's into it. The void. So maybe yeah. maybe that's something to talk about. Yeah, I, don't know. I um, weirdly I, I'm just digging into it. I know I've read everything. Uh, this does not sound familiar, but again, it would have been like way back when. Yeah. So um, no, we'll definitely. It's short. It's a short read. Trying to see what the original. I was just trying to see what the Tim, original date Tim was. Levin? Who, yeah, Tim, Tim Levin. I haven't, I'm not yeah. familiar with him, though I know I must have read this. Anyway, um, we will definitely... 2013. Just interesting that same same title as the, the, the you, film we are talking about. Do you want to hear something fascinating? Sure. I may have never read this book. Oh. Well, wouldn't that be a nice... Okay. Because, on your, because yeah. I may have been past the, the timeline. Oh, when it came in. out. When this came out, because this is during the dark era, so we might have to read Dawn of the Jedi and talk about Dawn of the Jedi. <laughs> 10, the Jedi. 11. It's I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't hate that. It's... And I'd love to do um, Heir to the Empire, too. I don't feel like we're short on material. I haven't looked at our uh, content matrix in a while. I think Heir to the Empire would be smart we... to do before Ahsoka if we can just crunch. Do you want to do the whole trilogy? I have them all on um, audiobook. Yeah, I think we do the whole trilogy. I'll do audio. I'll crunch the audiobook because you can get them on the library. No, you can get them. They'll be available. Um, or I'll just pay for them. I keep forgetting to cancel my Audible. Yeah, I got uh, them all for free so from Audible because I keep paying for Audible. Yeah, free. Yeah. Um, but I will, I'll will. i do the same. I think, we, I think we've talked about it. I think it's a good summer project. Let's try to do that before Ahsoka starts. We do have, uh, I think, we have plenty of comics always. I got to update the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yes, there's a spreadsheet, people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, we have, I think the next one's coming out is the Inquisitor book that like the, the Inquisitor book's not coming out. It actually might be, actually, weirdly enough, might be coming out the day we're at Galaxy's okay. Edge. All right, cool. So maybe the oh, yeah. week or two after that, we'll, um, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, right on, y'all. Um, I think we did it. This was um, super oh, yeah. fun as always, y'all. Um, really enjoy speaking with you. Hope you're enjoying listening. Um, sorry, our transmissions have been interrupted a bit we're doing our best um we're yes trying. we're trying but um 
have a lovely week, y'all. Um, we'll talk to you next week. And as always, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>